podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Terra Scottish Football Podcast. This is a lower leagues podcast and I am not Craig G. Telfer. Uh, my name is Doug Mackay and I'm joined by uh, Sean McGuinn. Hello there. Sean, Sean what? Uh, no, I know. I, 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 <laughs> I got halfway through not committing to saying the second name and I was like, no, you've started it. So I'm going to have to, to carry on. Uh, and Craig Anderson, who I managed to say his name as it should be announced. Yes, a notable war league expert as well. Got here to, to talk through the. Um, I mean, I mean, I watched my team in it for one year, and I probably be probably be watching them for yeah. another one next year. So, <laughs> so that, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking. So, like, like both of you have uh, experience of of watching your teams in the lower leagues. I think if anybody. Uh, has a concern about potentially watching your team in the low leagues again uh, next season, uh, the Craig Anderson. But you must have been watching these games, Craig, and thinking, please, please, I, I cannot, <laughs> I cannot possibly go through this experience again. Well, what I watch every single time I watch a League One game, I go, do you know what? That that seems like quite a good league. Like everyone, everyone seems quite interested. And every time I watch a Championship game, I'm like, fuck, no, not that again. Like I don't know. Like, I, I, I didn't. I, I've said that a few times. It was because we were pretty dull last season yeah not not compared to the, the swashbuckling style we've got this season but um <laughs> the games it, it wasn't like even though we won the league and we won 20 games unbelievably when i was looking at the league table um it didn't feel like that it felt like every game was like a 1-1 draw um and and i'm just imagining those 1-1 draws at capillo all over again <laughs> lower uh, lower league football isn't good but it is a good laugh that's uh, that that's why i look upon it i don't take it too seriously well as a uh... In, in place of crazy health, I was going to say when the the I'm uh, the Alvin Simon and Theodore uh, get together, but I didn't even work. And then uh, my original one was uh, trying to name um, the three members of Eternal, but I I forgot who they were aside from Louise Redknapp. Um, so that, that doesn't doesn't even work. So yeah. I can see. I mean, quite, you could have googled it quite a while, but it's a genuine cheating otherwise. <laughs> I mean, not off the top of my head. That's what I was. I hadn't come up with something. Anyway, so we're going to talk about uh, <laughs> three games. I'm going to start in League Two with what was arguably the the game of the weekend. In League Two, uh, and an Athletic hosted Sterling Albion. It was a, a two all draw. Uh, Blair Curry being sent off after 14 minutes for Sterling Albion, which made it a bit more difficult for them. Um, and the and Annan took to a. 2-0 lead at half to, by half time before Sterling Albion getting back into this. Uh, Sean, does this sort of confirm even be 10-man Sterling that they're on their way to, to League One next season or at least the, the playoffs? Ah, so, like we... Myself and Taylor spoke last week about the the Airdrie Dunfermline game that sometimes there are uh, momentous weekends for maybe want of a, a less grandiose uh, name where a, a team does something that just says, right, this is it. They are they are going to end up winning the league. To be fair, uh, within within two days of us talking about uh, Dunfermline's statement, the <laughs> Falkirk gained two points in them, so it probably doesn't, <laughs> doesn't mean anything. I, I only saw the kind of bare bones of this on Saturday. It was only when I really watched it, but obviously when I watched the highlights that, that I got to, to, to kind of focus on it a bit more. I, I presumed looking at it, that, that Stalin Albion had obviously got their goalkeeper sent off after 15 minutes, then went 2-0 down. Then I presumed that the second half, they'd they'd maybe dominated Annan for a bit or or maybe could have won the game and that, and that would have really laid down a marker and, and to get a goalkeeper sent off after 15 minutes and then still gain points on, on the Barton, which is literally what they did. Absolutely makes a statement. However, once I watched the highlights, I felt like they kind of got away with them. Like yes, it, it's still good in terms of the, the gain points on on Dumbarton. However, uh, I didn't feel at any point that they were on top of the on top in the game. That both their goals came and uh, I think sixty third and sixty fifth minute, both both brilliant goals. Uh, 
but I, I kind of felt they were a, a, a wee bit fortunate. That's not to say that that, that they can't win the league. And I, although I don't have a horse in the race, I, I do think Sterling Albion are a, a far better team to watch than Dumbarton, who who kind of grind out results. Uh, but I, I I thought Sterling were a, a wee bit lucky to to get away with it. But that's you know, that's that's not necessarily a not necessarily a, a bad thing. Yeah, for for me it was like I, I always every time I see a game like that where it's like two absolute wonder goals in the space of like because it is like I mean for League Two level the particularly excellent goals and it reminds me of um you know the Scotland under twenty one game where Chris Maguire scored from from and this was, this came up on the podcast recently New New Era United signing Chris Maguire scored from basically the halfway line but Iceland's two goals in that game I don't think I've ever seen I think it was perhaps um, the the no longer talked about Gilfie Sigurdsson who scored both of them but they were like yeah I think, I think, I think, it was, I think we're not allowed to, to mention him for um, reasons that are um, redacted yes but we, 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 we're allowed to say that he scored some goals well, I, don't think, I don't think that's uh, I don't think that's uh, under, under any sort of uh, level, yeah. but he's um, absolute rockets from like 40 yards both of his goals and I think the same is true in the first leg of the tie and it's sometimes like that it's like you wonder as a team like Annan Athletic you've you've worked your way um, 2-0 up you're playing against 10 men and then that happens and you're just like we've just not got a chance here like you're just completely I, I don't think you can really criticise them for any particular bad play it's not like you can go away for that game and be like absolutely raging at how you've um, I mean they, could, they had a couple of chances that they could probably have sealed it um, you know before those goals, but aside from that, it's not like they're going to come up with kind of critical of their defending or anything of the sort. It's just two absolute stoters. I thought, uh, but before we even before we even get to the game, I like I've spoken about Annan's commentators on this <laughs> uh, on the show before. That I, I really like them. I, honestly, I really like them. They are like they are essentially the the same as the Stranraer commentators, but without the myop- myopia. My own, yeah, is that they're, a word? They're less, aye, they're less, um, remember watching stuff they did earlier in the season, they're less miserable as well. Which, yes, you know, they're, very they're, much they're, so. They're, 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 they're just happier, generally. Ah, maybe, ah. Maybe, that's, maybe that's the difference between Sterling and, uh, not Sterling, Stranraer and Annan, more generally, that there's just but, a... <laughs> what I would say is, though, they, so I, I presume everything, I presume this was just a... And, and maybe it is. I, I don't know, but it's, I thought it was a live package that that goes out on to, to perhaps to, to to viewers abroad. Then they cut it up for the highlights package. But there's a line just as the teams are coming out, and it goes uh, uh, a, a big welcome to people who are watching the highlights from fans of Annan Athletic and Sterling Albion. I was like, right, well, has he? Have have they added that in afterwards, or is that just a line that they've they've put in at this point so that it makes it easier to edit for the highlights? But then about five seconds later, it sounds like the co-commentator coughs up all of his internal organs. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, right, like why have you why have you included that part? And I thought, well, maybe they were in a hurry. Maybe they're in a hurry to get to get the highlights out. But if 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 you're if you're pressed for time and, and you'll have enough time to either add in a line about Hello and, and welcome to the highlights for for fans of and, and so on and so forth, or edit out the the death of the co commentator. I would I would have done the latter. <laughs> I just I just felt like a strange. It, re- regardless, I like what they do, but it was uh, I, I thought it was odd. As for me, I don't watch a lot of um, League Two highlights. I, I, I catch the Championship ones sometimes, but um, it's just like the variety of length of these highlights. It's like some of these guys at the Air United party, this one, it's got 13 a, minutes. We're talking about 13 minute package. 13. The game, the game did not merit a 13 minute package. I think the Annan one's like, uh, like nine minutes, but at least the first minute of that is just that kind of, you know, team lineups and players walking out onto the pitch and all the rest of it. Context setting. And, and, yeah, and, 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 and people keeling over. Some of the choices of incident that the, um, they choose to put in. It's like, well, it's like, I can't miss hit cross, and and it's like I I I have been to many lower league games, and and yes, there are there are quality issues, but you still get um, incident, and some of that incident could maybe have been better packaged in each of the the three examples, I believe. But uh, nonetheless, I think it was. Um, I, I've watched the Annan ones quite a few times. Um, it feels like every time I do do lower league on this podcast, we're talking about Annan and um, the. 
the angle's nice. I like that angle, and um, yeah, why not? Uh, it's a good like I think uh, Annan generally is uh is a good place to go and watch football and then they're also benefited by having quite good highlights although the the wooden panelling on the far side never fails to just yeah it always just looks incongruous more than anything like it just feels like you're uh, pitching up somewhere but um I've uh, you know, I've only been to I've only been to Annan once I last season when I completed the 42 I, I kind of left Annan to the end uh, because mm. I knew it was a good I knew it was a good away day I wanted to leave one of the better better trips for last, I suppose. And I went to the I went to the gents and the entire uh, I don't know medical facility was, was just in the middle of the toilets. So like the <laughs> like the the bench that you would bring out like somebody who was who was really injured was in the middle, and then all of their I don't know like all of the like their oxygen tanks were just sitting there. And I was like, it, it seems a, a a strange place to put it. But then maybe that's uh, maybe they they don't have a lot of cupboard space at Anna, and I don't know. I think there's definitely a thing around. Uh, there's probably an Instagram account there in uh, of uh, lower league grounds and incongruous storage, because um, uh, uh, yeah, as you were saying, yeah, the couple of weeks goes down at Somerset, and yeah, you walk through the the turnstile and you were greeted by one of those uh, one of those uh, not stretchers are they like treatment tables? That's what they're called. Yes. But you're just like why? Is- why is this here? Like this is this is absolutely nowhere near anything else. Um, I don't know about SPFL grounds, but referee changing facilities are often very interesting. I, I did a few junior games down in down in Ayrshire, and one of the times I was, it was like you were in the corner of the canteen with like a, a um, sort of uh, curtain to pull round, and this wee <laughs> tiny bit in the corner, and then you had to go like across across the road into a into a shower if you wanted a shower after the game. And I was just like, by the time I thought I figured that out, I was like, no, I'll just drive home and, and get one when I get home. It's like, um, the it, I understand the space concerns, but it's like, you've got to prioritise what the, uh, the the stadium actually does exist for and having medical facilities um, seems somewhat um, important. You know, having said that, I, I, I saw some footage from uh, one of the Rugby League, Super League games last weekend where... Uh, the guy from Sky Sports was interviewing the players as they appear to be walking through a pub's car park uh, on the way. So they've clearly got a training ground where they get they got uh, they get changed before the game, and then the live as part of the build up was them walking through a pub and like some grassy uh, area. And I was just like, oh well, at least at least it's not just Scottish football that's got this sort of uh, awkwardness and, and less slickness than uh, than some places. I'll, I'll, I'll bring this back. On topic, somewhat, which is um, and in, um, I, I saw them earlier in the season. I was at the the Scottish Cup game when they they lost to Pollock and wasn't impressed by them at all. Um, and and always amazed by um, Aidan Smith, isn't it, the centre forward, that a very unusual looking man. Um, but the um, the most hillbilliest man in yeah, Scottish football. I, I don't. I, it's like um, I just assumed because Tommy Goss scores a lot of headers. I spent the first sort of half hour assuming this was Tommy Goss because he kind of sounds like he'll be a big man. And then I was like, no, this is Aidan Smith. But um, and then I've obviously kind of turned that turned it around because he didn't have the best start to the season in yeah. general. But mm. they're sitting in third now. Do do you think they look to me like they're maybe one of the most likely to pull away, or do you not think so? So well, I, I don't speak for Sean, but it's last night's result uh, between uh, Albion Rovers absolutely battering Elgin now means that there's you know you've got six no seven points now between Annan in third and Albion Rovers in ninth, which is just uh, abs- or is that does that change? Sorry, but it's a lot. Seven, uh, seven points by by my reckoning. Yeah, seven points. Yeah, <laughs> so like if feels like it's just going to depend kind of on who's got who's got that momentum I suppose in the last few games of the season going and then and then the the playoff becomes a a bit of a crapshoot cuz you're kind of hoping that Clyde are just going to be abject I, I, I mean I, I I think you're right in terms of how it works out what I would say is I think we are Telford mentioned this actually a week or two ago in terms of yes we mentioned league 2 being Unusual in terms of uh, Ann and, and Fulford were both expected to challenge it at the, the top end of the table for a good chunk of the season. They were, they were actually down the, the opposite end. However, Annan are now third. Fulford are kind of bubbling under the the, the top four and, spots. And that's where Sterling go to this weekend as well. Aye, and I, 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 
I mean, let's face it, the top two spots are probably nailed nailed down. Mm. In what order? Not entirely sure. Uh, I would expect one, two, and three to be, well, Dumbarton and Stirling in some semblance of order. And in to finish third, I, I do think fourth spot is uh, is open. Uh, and whether whether it's Annan, I think Annan's got. Listen, I think Annan's got a good squad. I think how they performed on on Saturday, even though Stirling had their, their, their goalkeeper sent off in, in terms of Blair Curry, I thought they looked good. Uh, and and I think it was a big surprise about how they how they started the season. I. The, <laughs> Whoever gets to the final of the playoffs from League Two will win it. Like I, I, I would be amazed if Clyde or Peterhead, whoever finished ninth, can beat Stirling Albion or Dumbarton or Annan or Forfar or Steny or whoever else they, they they face in the final. Would genuinely be amazed. Clyde and, and Peterhead, for my money, are two of the worst teams in the country at this moment in time for for various reasons. So I, if if Annan can get to the final of the playoffs, and that, that's probably as good as they can hope, then they've got a pretty decent chance, I think, of getting promoted. As would as would anybody from League Two who reaches the the playoff final. Yeah, I think it's. It, I think is the momentum feels like it's with Forfa a little bit now for that, but it's. Uh, uh, but- to a degree, I, I think Forfa have. Again, we spoke about fourth at the start of the season. On paper, they have a, a, an okay squad, not one of the best uh, that, that they've had in recent years. I, I think they had a, a fairly terrible manager. They've, they've replaced them with a, a good one in, in Ray McKinnon. If if Forford don't manage to, to get to playoffs this season, I would suggest that they will be very much one of the favourites to, to reach playoffs next season because McKinnon is, for all his faults, and there's been some faults during his during his CV. I think he's a I think he's a pretty decent manager. Uh, I I wouldn't necessarily say the momentum was was with Forfa. I would still I would still have Steny with more hopes of finishing fourth mm-hmm. than Forfa. Well, we'll see if uh, Craig Telfer actually listens to the podcast. He's not on uh, by uh, a huge compliment you've just uh, given them there. So uh, I've got anything else you want to say about this match or before we go up into to League One? Only only the commentator's use of World Cup goals to describe good goals. <laughs> because not every goal in the World Cup is good. Like There's uh, some rubbish quite, goals quite, in the World Cup. Quite often, I, quite often they're more rubbish than, than good. And then know. I was like, then I was wondering if they were getting mixed up with you know how like Sky Sports like Paul Merson used to have that thing about describing things as a worldie. I was wondering if they were uh, getting mixed up with with, with that. With but the, I, 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 heard, I doubt it. I doubt it. I've heard people talking about trying to play like the World Cup pass um, quite a lot. I feel like that's a pretty common. My dad used to always he would deride people for playing a World Cup pass when when the, the easier pass was available, like trying to show off. And I wonder if there's a bit of a kind of bastardization of that as well going on. But um that that combination of those things they, they were they would have graced very much um the, the World Cup though, those two goals. So I, know, not that, I mean you're right, they were good. I, I particularly enjoyed the second one where uh, so the second one from uh Ross McGeeky and uh like Kieran Moore, as soon as it left his foot, like it, they probably curled it in from I don't know, twenty two yards. But Kieran Moore actually put his arms up to celebrate as soon as it left his boot. Like it was just a, it was just a class, class goal. I think the the um, second Annan goal as well was well taken, but also had the vibes of like the last couple of minutes of five sides when like no one was trying. It felt like <laughs> nobody really closed him down. Like he took that nice touch to the side, and and it just kind of bashed into the corner, and it felt like none of the defenders even kind of got anywhere near him, which is quite an odd thing to happen in like the twenty fifth minute of the game or whenever it happened. And the two commentators uh, celebrated the referee immediately. Well done, referee. Well done, referee. <laughs> Very good. They like, played advantage. I, I, I totally get that. And, and you're right. It was almost like a feeling of, uh, I think it was Goss that was brought down. Uh, I'm, I'm not 100%, but I think Goss was brought down. It almost felt like the Sloan Albion defence kind of stopped to a degree. Think, maybe expecting a, a free kick. I, I, I don't know. That, that That's not an excuse at, at, at all. But you're right. There's... But everything was in slow motion at that yeah. point. It was a good finish, but everything was in slow motion. The, the other thing was that the red card itself. Did it? Did it actually hit his hand? I, I wondered if it actually cannoned off his face. 
again a disagreement with uh, with uh, the Anne and commentators. Somebody said so. I think the main commentator went uh, handball red card. The co commentator said, "Well, it hit his chest." I I, <laughs> I, I, I thought he handled it. I thought he handled it. His hands definitely went up. But I wondered if it just sconed him in the face because he looked quite surprised <laughs> at the um, at the card coming out. Um, did it have to be a red card? I don't know because I don't know if the shot's going in. Um, if it's going wide, it's probably not a red card. But um, nonetheless, uh, I, that's the referee's judgment. But I, I couldn't decide if it did actually hit his hand because clearly, if it if it didn't hit his hand, it, it certainly shouldn't have been a red card. I think we can agree on that. Right. Well, let's go to League One, where there was an absolute humdinger at Links Park, where Montrose uh, got a, a stoppage time equaliser. Uh, to take a point against FC Edinburgh. Uh, goals in the 4th and 94th minute uh, in this game from, from Montrose, uh, with Edinburgh taking the lead uh, oh, two two times after that. Uh, Craig, what was you said that you're a, a mass, been a massive fan of, of, of watching League One and, and thinking it looks much better than uh, than the Championship. Is, is, was this the sort of game you're talking about? Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's maybe I'm best at Montrose... I, I quite like Petrie. I like the way he coaches his teams. I've watched I've watched Falkirk a couple of times this season, like what they do in um, Edinburgh. I seem, I've not seen them before, but from from these highlights, they're try they're trying to play a bit, and it's kind of like it's it's a mixture of playing football, but also not being stupid and taking over, over like overly tippy tappy, as uh, as as many dads around the country would say, but. Um, yeah, there's just, there's just something more of a refinement to League One without the kind of uh, desperation that I think you maybe start to get in the Championship. Um, but having said that and talking about the attacking quality that I was, I was on show, there was some nice passing, all the rest of it. Um, you've seen him obviously in the flesh a few times. Aaron Lennox did not cover himself in glory in the, in this match with uh, at least two of the of the goal. <laughs> looking at Sean's face there. Um, he, he very much spilled two efforts that I think he should have held, which led to, um, I think, the second and third Edinburgh goals. Um, and, he, and he basically got bailed out by by two of his teammates, Bulletin and uh, from, from set pieces. Because, um, yeah, that, that would have been a, pre- a pretty bitter blow, I think, to Montrose to lose that game because it looked like they put enough into it to to get something out of it and, and nearly didn't. What I would say about Montrose is that Stuart Petrie deserves a a huge amount of praise in terms of where Montrose were when he took them over and where they are now. Uh, And bear in mind, for the last couple, what, two, three seasons now, they've been a team who have made the playoffs, I think, or Mm. or certainly been there in or around the, the, the playoff situation. I think in terms of this season, they've They've regressed a wee bit, and I'm not entirely sure he has solved the the issues that have that have probably held them back all the years that they've been in League One. So they've always had a they've always had a tight defence. They've generally coped okay in in terms of at the back. Well, I say that in terms of a back four. But I don't think they've had a particularly good goalkeeper in terms of League One, and I don't think they've had a goal scorer in terms of League One. Even though they've had uh, Graham Webster, who has been who has scored reasonable and a reasonable amount of goals for them, Blair Lyons has scored a reasonable amount of goals for them. I don't think they necessarily had that that kind of forward player who can lead the line and hold the ball up and whatever at the back. Yes, they've probably had like a decent back four, but never a, a kind of decent goalkeeper. And I, to a degree, they, they they had that this season with Ross Sinclair, who who they had on loan, who was with St. Johnson off the top of my head. He's went back. Now, now Ross Sinclair is, is a good goalkeeper. And I think he will go on to have a, a, a good career uh, at, at a decent level. But you could see it at, at this Edinburgh game. Uh, Len, Aaron Lennox, God bless him. I, I, I quite like him. However, he, he was at fault for, for two of these goals and they've, they've tried to solve the problems up front by bringing in Ronan McAllister. Now, of course, Ronan McAllister is a, a legendary lower league goal scorer. He's, he's now 35. Yes, he had a good season last season at, at this level, but whether whether he is, is the man this season, I'm, I'm not entirely sure he had a, a really good uh, bit of beef with, with Robbie Much in, in this game. 
was ongoing as well. There was, <laughs> yes. I liked it. It was like um, the highlights package really kind of built it up. It was kind of like a promo in the wrestling. Like they kind of were showing you all the wee incidents that led up to them getting involved. And then right after the goal, he was uh, he a shove. Him a pat in the back and a wee shove. But, but it kind of feels like, see if you... Like there's been two glaring omissions at, at Montrose now for three or four years, up front and goalkeeper. Now, they've tried to solve it with loan signings or bringing in McAllister when he's 35. Fine. But if you can't fix these issues when the rest of your team, who you've been reliant on down the years, is getting older and older and older, then there's a bit of an issue. And they're obviously not in the same position as somebody like Arbroath, who we'll probably talk about in the Patreon. However... Uh, like Sean Dillon's 39, uh, McAllister's 35, Paul Watson's 37, Michael Gardine's 37, Terry Masson might be kind of mid-30s. Now, not all of those players played at the weekend, but 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 there's still a feeling that there has to be, like eventually this team is going to become too old. Mm. So if you can't fix that, while you still can't, fi- can't fix the glaring emissions up front and in goals, then you're obviously going to go backwards and it kind of feels like this is the start of Montrose starting to go backwards. And they, listen, they could still finish fourth. Uh, I'm not saying that's impossible. I wouldn't expect it though. And it feels like Petrie has a bit of a job in his hands in terms of how he rejuvenates a squad because I, I, I feel like there's a, a, a big job on in the, the not too distant future. And that, that's, and then I think it, it goes without saying that. Um, that Petrie is, is a really highly rated manager by by anyone that's that's kind of followed Montreal's last few years, and the fact that they're even we're even talking about them, contemplating them for playoffs, is a is testament to his what he's done over the years. But yeah, you're right that there's a that all managers have a I kind of have do have a shelf life, and there are very few managers that are good at regenerating squads. Would, you know that, that that's a specific skill that very few managers do have, um, and then so you do start to wonder and be like, you know, it's not it's not the the unthinkable, but you at what point you know, does does Stuart Petrie start regretting not taking those job offers that he's that he's been linked with I, in the past and d- stuff like, or but or maybe he just doesn't because we know that he's relatively settled in terms of uh, in terms of. What, what he does elsewhere, but um, I, it's, uh, it's, it's a curious. I, one I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't expect uh, Stuart Petrie ever to take a full time a full time job in Scottish football. Okay, yeah. I think has a good job uh, out with football. Uh, as far as I'm aware, he's he's involved with a bank. has a has a good job. I, I think he enjoys himself at, at Montrose. I think uh, listen, Montrose fans like even even if Montrose finished fifth or sixth this season, I suppose you would say in the grand scheme of things, that is a good place for for Montrose to to mm. finish. However, it just feels like they're, they're starting to regress, uh, and and hopefully, because other than the fact that Montrose play really weird noises when they score goals, <laughs> uh, I I like Montrose Football Club, so so hopefully he he can rejuvenate. But it feels like this is this is a season, maybe not quite too far, but this is there's there's a few players in this squad that this is their limit. So how mm. does he replace them? Because they've been, they've been key for a number of seasons now. So it will be interesting to see how 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 they progress from here. And so looking at looking at League One table, we're going to assume that it's one of Dunfermline or Falkirk to win League. Probably Dunfermline, we would say. Uh, that would put Falkirk and then are we Edinburgh City going to be one of those other three in the playoffs? Is it just going to be too much for for Montrose? In your opinion, Sean? In, in terms of... So, my... Right, so, I think it'll be... So, Dunfermline and Falkirk will, will definitely finish top two. One and two, yeah. I think Airdrie will finish third. And I wouldn't be surprised if neither Montrose or Edinburgh finish fourth. I wouldn't be surprised if, if, Alloa, if Alloa make it into, into that position. In terms of, in terms of Saturday... I, I thought you could kind of see why both teams are doing well and and why they're doing poorly. Like Edinburgh have the core of a a, a starting eleven, but like quite quite a good starting eleven. Mm. After that, after that, you're, you're, you're kind of struggling a wee bit with, with Edinburgh City. Uh, like I really like uh, like John Robertson up front. 
reminds me of, and I've said this before, he reminds me of uh, John Beard. Like he's, he's small, he's squat, he scores goals, he is an absolute nuisance. Do I, do I expect to see him in the Premiership? No. Do I expect to see him at a, a, a team higher up in the SPFL pyramid? Yes, absolutely. I, I really like him. I quite like Stephen Warnock at the weekend, who's on loan for Kelly. I, I thought he looked pretty good. I, I don't know... I don't know how Kelly fans rate him, but I thought he was. It looked <laughs> like it was a good acquisition for for Edinburgh. And they, other than other than about that, they have a, a decent start in eleven. But it kind of feels like they have backward momentum, if that's a thing. And I wouldn't be surprised if they are if they end up finishing fifth or sixth. I think what Warnock's like the, the latest sort of um, player who our fans think is ten times better than he is because he isn't playing. Um, obviously. He, <laughs> He had his spell at Forfar, was that? And yeah, that would have been in League Two last season. He was yep. on loan there. And then he's obviously, so it's, it's, it's kind of that incremental thing. He's played a handful of games for the first team um, as a substitute. I think he played in that game where the first team squad had COVID and we still had to play in Fermlin in the, in the League Cup. He played, that's the only time he started for us, I think. And we've seen him, my feeling from him in general is that he's a good creative player, but he maybe just needs to toughen up a bit, and that's what these loan dispels will maybe do for him. But there's a big gap. Only between, 19. Yeah, Only 19 I mean, there's a big gap between looking good in, in League One. Of course. I didn't, I didn't get the impression exactly stood out for Forfa last season. I think he, he looked all right. I, I'm certainly not surprised not to see him in the, in the first team this season at Kelly, but I think it's that thing if Kelly were doing even half well. No one would be worried about him, but suddenly it's like, oh, why is he not? Why is he gone out and loan um, mm. and all the rest of it? And maybe it's hard to tell. Maybe he would have contributed something. Maybe he wouldn't. But yeah, it, it's. It, I think for young players, getting games like um, is the only thing that can happen. And I think having played this season, com- playing a competitive level and playing for a team who are chasing something should should stand them stand them in good stead. Um, and and you're the same with that Edinburgh squad, like. I'm, I, I'm somewhat knowledgeable in the sense of knowing who the players are and going through it and, and I always look through the teams kind of on a Saturday and Edinburgh's one of the squads where you always recognise like a good 10, 11 of the guys um, but then you start going and you're like okay you'll be the kind of East of Scotland League um, kind of make weights, the, the ones that are just making up the numbers and it does feel like a, a club who maybe use a large bit of their budget on their kind of uh, marquee players and then kind of just yeah. scraps. And I know that that's a few clubs in the lower league set, mm. whereas I think Montrose, it seems to me like trying to spread, spread it more evenly across the squad. And I don't know that either. I think they're, they're maybe both slightly too far in the wrong directions. Because um, I think, as uh, you say, Montrose have had surely opportunity to attract a pretty good forward um, and maybe sacrifice a couple of their wages. And it feels like they haven't done that. I think Edinburgh, I think probably the proximity uh, to so many other clubs, I think makes uh, them have better use of the loan market. I think it's, it feels more appealing, I think, to, to other clubs. But again, there's a, I mean, I think Hibs lent them three players and all three were back at East Road by, by January. So, it does, you know, that I think they're also quite uh, quick at working out if a player's going to work for them or not. Um, and I think, and I suppose that's always the issue with, with loan signs. Is it's a two-way agreement, isn't it? It's, or you know, almost three, actually. You've got the club that's getting the player, you've got the player itself, and then you've got the parent club. Um, and so there's there's dangers to doing too well or or not playing at all. Um, and I think that was certainly the case with a lot of Hibs loanies. But that this that is a risky strategy, as you said, for for Edinburgh to to take because you're relying on other clubs having talent. Uh, and and those players want to come to you, which uh, and, is not always and, the case. And in fairness, we wrote them off. Uh, we wrote them off last season, so I look forward to seeing them <laughs> in, in next season championship. Well, the, I mean, I think they should have. Uh, they've got Clyde this weekend at home. You would imagine that's uh, that's three easy easy points. And um, and Clyde's Montrose. on a high. Clyde's on a high well, after so the, the first win in what the first win in two hundred and eighty oh. odd days since um, August. Okay, yes. Um. And then uh, Montrose go to the Indo drill, uh, so that that will be quite interesting in terms of the, of how that uh, how it's going to shape out for the rest of League One. But final game that we're going to look at, uh, 
as as you pointed out when in our chat beforehand, Sean, um, let's talk about a subject we can all get behind, uh, and uh, imagine especially uh, more so Craig Anderson works for for Craig Anderson, and it was uh, United being defeated uh, this time by Partick Thistle, uh, newly uh, Ian McCallis, uh Partick Thistle, uh, who defeated them one nil on Saturday at Somerset Park in front of just over three thousand fans. Danny Mullen getting the the goal. Uh, after thirty-two minutes, uh, what, what your what were your impressions? Uh, I'll go to you, Craig Anderson, first. Uh, I mean, I'll, actually, I'm not asking for your impressions of uh, Somerset Park because I'm sure it will be uh, um, less than polite. But uh, what, what was your impressions of the game? Yeah, well, I, I think to start with, like with with Air, it's like I I would be pretty keen for them to get promoted on the very, very specific scenario that we are still in the league. <laughs> I am terrified of the scenario of them them passing us on the way um, or, or us having to play them in a playoff or anything of the sort. But I wouldn't mind them coming up, um, especially for the playoffs. I don't really want them to win a league, but uh, um, uh, not, not the championship. Oh, well, it, it spoils one if you're... you're no, your, no, they've won, uh, they've won, they've won league, league two, before, uh, League one before, um, I think. Yeah, they did. Um, but... Yeah, so so that's kind of what's going through my head at the moment. It's like, um, and and so it's a bit heartening to see them like slip up. I think I think they they, they should comfortably make the playoffs. Would be my my guess. Um, as for the game, uh, yeah, it, it, this was certainly not a game. As I said earlier, that merited a thirteen minute highlight package. <laughs> um, it, it didn't really necessarily seem particularly high on quality, and this is. <sighs> When you are battling at the top of the championship, I think it can become a bit like that. Um, in in my in kind of experiences, that unless you are, you know, if you run away with a game, it can be different. But once you've got something to defend, it felt like every game just becomes the team that are getting beat, kind of launching balls into the box against the team that are ahead. Um, and that that felt to me like what it was. And any Thistle had kind of some opportunities, but it was like. Probably just about a deserved win for Thistle, I thought, but I, I would say that. But um, they they weren't exactly like you know when you're talking about the run of form that they were coming off. Um, I realised I'm descending into the darkness here. I just looked at myself again. You're really, you're really um, dark. You're really um, dark, Craig. Um, I, I will get a, I will get a light on, and that will sort this out. Um, the um, <laughs> the the thing with Thistle um, is just the run of form that they were coming off, and the fact they had kind of. Uh, Pass, pass or change manager obviously played well at, um, at Ibrox but got nothing out of it they just needed a result and they got a result and, and I with that run of form had kind of assumed that they were close to being well out of it I hadn't really glanced at the table to realise that and then you look at the table and, and know they are very very much still in that in that reckoning for the playoff places they're obviously only a point behind Morton only three behind there and I think every year that battle for those playoff places in the championship just kind of opens up. And the thing is, with the way that Dundee and Queens Park are starting to falter, um, it's not it's not inconceivable that Thistle could. They're only eight points off the top. It's not inconceivable mm-hmm. that if they string a run together, in either of these teams, or probably even Rovers, maybe Rovers are maybe just a wee bit too far back. If they can string a run together, maybe when like you know. We are out. Ray Frothers are 13 games unbeaten and still quite a good bit back. 10, uh, 10 so points. That, 10 points. If you were to win, uh, if you were to win like I, I know, but we, eight, uh, of your, uh, eight of your last eight, eight of your last 11 games. I know, but might, we, we just draw. Yes. So, that probably, <laughs> but, so that probably won't happen. But regardless, I, I enjoy your positivity. Um, just that there, there, there seems to be, a, I'm sur- I would be surprised if Inverness end up in the reckoning, but I think of those top six teams, I don't think the title is down to like two or three teams or anything of the sort. I feel like it's still pretty wide open. Clearly, clearly the ones that are, are up the top have still got it in their hands. But um, well, and that, an, uh, yeah, that, that that's what Lee Boone will be we kicking themselves about with. Yeah, absolutely. The results has, has, as they unfolded on Friday night, you knew what was capable. You know, the, and uh, any any sort of air win would have taken them second. Um, yeah. And so, even if, even even psychologically, that would could have been a, a big bonus. But having watched Air the week before, really, you know, get outplayed by by Elgin City, who you know last night felt a three 0 defeat by Albion Rovers. Um, you know that, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be confident about Air in the playoffs because I, I think they are. 
an entirely functional team, yeah. and then they have, yeah. I, I, and then they have a. a Pretty lethal striker up front. Who? But he's misfiring a bit. Like he's not. He's not been scoring at the same rate. Yeah, he scored a double again. He scored a double against Elgin, obviously. But that Mm -hmm. was an extra time. You're talking about league goals. He he kind of raced away, and then the goals are not coming at the same rate. And their cup. There's two cup wins that they've had. They're kind of masking a wee bit of a a slide in the league for here, I would say. I don't think the fans are that happy with Bullen. It's only two wins in um, in seven in the league. It's it's an attritional style, I would say, as well. It's not... It it it, it have been bad since October, essentially. They've not really been great since October. And I I do wonder if that there is a... So in Scottish football, you, you you play each team four times, right? Mm. Like we all know that. And I I do wonder if you are a manager who is inflexible, and I think Lee Bullen is. So if you're inflexible, by the time you get to the the second half of a season, then surely other teams know how to play against you. And Unless you're Cove Rangers. Well, I'm not so sure, but regardless, no. Well, well yeah, but just that televised effort a couple of weeks ago, like air ran riot, but that was you know. Um, well, yes, but that's because yeah. Cove Rangers are absolutely ran ranting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how, but, but however, in terms of uh, in terms of Scottish football in general, if you are a manager who is inflexible and you play one way, then presumably, without knowing without knowing how football teams work you know how to counter that by the time you've played them the second time or the third time. And I, I, I do think, bear in mind that John McGlynn used to manage our, used to manage Wraith Rovers. <laughs> I, I, I kind of felt that was the case sometimes with, with McGlynn when he would come up against teams and in, uh, in, in especially in the championship when they were, when they weren't the favourites or they weren't a full-time team against a part-time team. And I think Bullen is starting to come into that position in, in the championship. So I didn't think at the start of the season, and, and as ever, I'm, I'm generally wrong. I didn't think Ayr had a particularly good squad. But I didn't know how the the players that I didn't know would, would perform. And, and obviously, uh, like Dipowak and Yemi has, has had a good season. However, within a quarter of a season or half a season, the other managers within that league know that Akinyemi is their best player. And we now know how Ayr are going to play. So in this game on Saturday against Partick Thistle, it was shelling the ball long to Akinyemi and it wasn't coming off. And and Partick Thistle were far and away the better team. And bear in mind, Patrick Thistle haven't been great in, in like in, in the last few weeks and I appreciate that's why uh, Ian McCall has, has got his jaws. Chris Doolan is a, a very inexperienced manager. But based on, on Saturday and... Bear in mind, I, I appreciate they hadn't signed Chris McGuire on uh, on Saturday. He looked poor. He looked really, really poor. And it's funny because I, I always, like, I know all football fans are kind of bipolar online in terms of everything is either tremendous or terrible. I think Air United fans are, maybe it's just because there's more of them on Pine Bovril than, than some other championship <laughs> fans. I think Air United are, are particularly good or bad at that. I'm not entirely sure whether it's good or bad. Uh, but they were very much a case of, my goodness, we've been terrible for ages. Don't think we went to the playoffs. I mean, they're five points off the top with a game in hand. That doesn't seem that bad. Uh, then I watched the highlights and I was like, my goodness, they're absolutely shit. <laughs> the, the, but they well, looked really bad on Saturday. With the Maguire addition, it's an interesting one in the sense that he was he was linked with with Kelly a little bit. Obviously, we we are in need of a forward and. What I heard from from someone, um, I don't know how connected or not they are, was that he, he looked woefully unfit. Um, he's obviously not played in a while um, because he he had his gambling ban. Um, I think down down south, which led to his his contract kind of being terminated. I think it was at Lincoln they played with previously, yep. and um, I, I I really liked him when he played with Kelly. But we're talking we're talking um, is that two thousand and eight. We're talking like. Uh, 14, 15 years ago at this point so I think he might well be a slightly different player um, in that period um, but if it's obviously when, when you're in the championship and you're attracting a Scotland international forward who has still been playing at a relatively high level in England like there's, there's obviously 
it could be a really good signing, and, he, and he's definitely a kind of um, Craig. House. Please say it. Please say the sentence that we all want to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to say it. Please say it. could be. He could be a good player at, at that level. <laughs> um, <laughs> now we're talking. But no, but I think he, he's the one thing he brings is uh, the kind of attitude. He's a kind of definitely noises people up. He likes to be. Um, and we had a running battle with um, Hibernian zone Lee Johnson, Lee Johnson. Um, during their time that was uh, funny. in the championship. So, that. Uh, or League One even. But that that attitude might be what they need is just someone else who's maybe bringing so, something so, a bit different. So what I think he'll bring to so so I've I've kind of suggested that Lee Bullen doesn't have anything different to bring to bring to the table. What he's now brought is a new player to, to bring to the table and uh, Akinyemi has been isolated for for weeks, if not months. I think he will. If they want to play the two of them up front together, I think he will be the link man from midfield to to Akinyemi. So, so the the I suppose the position that Michael Michael Moffat kind of brought to that team for for a number of years. Uh, I I, th- I think he would be. A, I think he could be a very 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 good signing. However, I I hope he plays no. I'm just jealous because we play them on Friday night. So, like, don't make signings before we're just about to play you. It's very, <laughs> it's very, very irritating. Uh, but he, we'll see. As as I try to get out of Craig Anderson, this whole kind of could be a good signing for that level. A lot of the time it doesn't work out. Uh, we'll we'll see how it goes with uh, with Maguire. In terms of air. They listen. They might finish in the playoffs. They've got a great chance to, to get into the semi-finals of the Scottish Cup. So it could be a, a really, really good season for them. Based on what I've seen so far, they they, they won't get promoted. They they won't get promoted. It, it feels like running out of steam. But do you but do you fancy Thistle's chances if they make the playoff? Do you think? Uh, uh, I mean, again, I suppose it does, does a bit. Does Doolan get the the, the job? To the end of the season, you know that there's a there's a huge adjustment going on off the field at Thistle. Um, Adjusting some contracts, anyway. Well, and, and that's one of the things. Uh, the remarkable story that, that that came out yesterday that the uh, by all counts, uh, if you listen to uh, stuff that Alan Ruff had said, that they you know that they'd um, they've budgeted this season. I think that was one of the reasons why McCall got his jotters was that, you know, the, the budget was set or, uh, that Partick Thistle would finish second, which is ambitious. I would say, you know, it, it seems a bit, um, I think it doesn't take a lot not for that not to happen, put it that way. Um, so they would be in the playoffs regardless. And yet all the player contracts are set to expire before the end of the premiership playoffs. Uh, which uh, not ideal, uh, and um, I, I was yes, just had, not, however, not, okay. the, 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 like generally that is the case, but that isn't the case this season. To be fair, no, yeah, it, I think it's 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 a an admin oversight. I don't think it's anything deliberate, but you would you would hope that given that Partick Thistle didn't the, the previous board spent a lot of time telling fans that they weren't uh, professional and competent enough to run the club. Uh, that and that you have a, a practice or a, a qualified lawyer as your CEO, um, you would maybe notice that level of detail if you were setting. Who I imagine Jerry Britton did have something to do with setting the budget as well, but I don't know how. I don't know how football clubs run. It just uh, seems that that would be the case. Uh, is it? I would like to see um, that the, some something happen that means that the contracts can't be updated, um, and then we get to the playoff final and. Uh, no matter who they're playing, it doesn't matter if it's, they're playing against us. They then have to like field only the players who are like under contract, like whether that's like fifteen year olds and all the rest of it. But just mm. are they not allowed to sign? They would not be allowed to sign amateurs. Well, uh, maybe they could get yeah, get the get the old amateurs in. But um, no, um, the the thing with Thistle for me always is I look at that squad and I think that is a good championship squad. Like I thought that last season, I was a bit worried about them last season. They didn't quite have enough. Um, they just ran out of steam, to be honest, with the pitch issues. I felt like they were probably mm. not far off Kelly in terms of how good they were. Our both were better than Kelly. We just somehow managed to win the league anyway. <laughs> um, but they uh, they were not far off us. But um, 
they strengthened a bit. They maybe lost a couple of players. I think losing Rudden um, when they did uh, last year was was a blow to them, regardless of how well he's done elsewhere. He was a big part of that team, but they do have depth as well. Like you look at the you look at who they came who came on. Obviously, they lose Anton Dowd early in this game. Mullen is able to come on, a player who I really like and who who obviously scored the goal. They've got got guys like McKinnon who I quite like the look of um, every time I see him. He's maybe you know bit part kind of thing, and then yeah, they've got they've got guys that have done it as well. Um, and that that to me is um, I I think they would be a threat if they got into the playoffs if if they make the right managerial decision. But it depends who they can employ. My uh, my hope is that they that, that they can't get anybody to sign up. Uh, for this new contract extension, they reach the playoffs, and then everybody fucks off to I don't know Anton Dowd's stag do or something, <laughs> and they have to play the playoffs. Have to play the playoffs with under twenty ones. It's like uh, the Dar- Darvel all over again. Um, but the, the the yeah, that's the thing. It's it's uh, it's interesting to know who's got the job. It, it feels like oh, they just they just give it to Archibald again. We'll just continue that recycle. <laughs> um, but the um, yeah. I think it's a pretty attractive job. If, oh, if, absolutely! If the takeover kind of goes smoothly, they're they're in a they're in a good position in terms of the squad. They're in they're in the championship. They've got a chance of going up. I think they're a club I expect to see back in the Premiership in four or five years, definitely, maybe sooner. All of that makes it up to me and a pretty attractive job. So I wouldn't be surprised if they are able to get a good manager in. But it depends. I don't know finances. John Hughes. <laughs> you're laughing. Oh, you're, I know. You're well, you, laughing. Well, you, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't wish him on your worst enemy, would you? This is a board uh, that makes curious decisions. John well, Hughes. Well, it's a new board now. So I suppose there's the... Um, the, the yeah, they've, they've moved on, so maybe maybe not. Maybe, maybe there's a, a, a era of competence and uh, less antagonism uh, you would hope there'd be less antagonism bef- towards your own fans if you're fan owned, but that's not necessarily always the case. But we'll, uh... Dun- Duncan, that, that doesn't sound funny. I I want okay. a period. That, <laughs> I want another period at Park Thistle that involves humour. A point, John Hughes. <laughs> right, I think that covers uh, the the three leagues. We're going to go and skip over to Patreon, where we're going to discuss the bottom end of the championship, which is. Uh, getting pretty interesting uh, and see who will end up in League One next season but uh, thank you very much for everyone that is that listens reminder that we've got a live show on Friday the 10th of March at Hampton Park uh, in aid of Children First I would thoroughly recommend getting your tickets for that it's going to be a hoot I can't believe I just said it's going to be a hoot uh, that's, not, that's not a phrase I've ever said um, but yes uh, thank you very much Sean thank you and thank you very much Craig and uh, yeah, I've gone. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm gone now. Uh, see you later on. Have, enjoy your football. Bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.